the book of Malachi. We're, we're starting a new series tonight on seasons of opportunity. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, last week our, our uh, internet didn't go the distance, so we're just going to go a different way on the same thing. Hallelujah. Change is amazing when it's grounded on the truth that God never changes. We can operate in that foundation truth that God never changes. It says in chapter 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. The, the second part of that verse is, Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. In other words, no matter how <laughs> mad he was at them for what, whatever they did, he said, because I change not, you're going to live. Well, that's kind of true for all of us. So he said, I, the Lord, do not change. I change not. The New English Version says, this is really good. I, the Lord, do not go back on my promises. That's right. Amen. And uh, the New Testament says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. And uh, he's not a man that he should lie. Praise God. So he changes not. That means he's the same. The, the cool thing about God is you have to know. You have to know that he, he doesn't just work in mysterious ways his wonders to perform because he wrote it down. He wrote it down. It's not mysterious if you write it down. You read the book and then give it to somebody else and they read it and they say, it said for me just what it said for you. So you know that he changes not because he was willing to write it down. If he changed, he would be out of date. He'd have to have an update. Said, oop, update, we changed that. We don't heal anymore unless you're really, really good. It's just not how it works. Uh, he's the same. He's consistent in his character, in his integrity, and in his purpose. What he, what, he who began a good work in you will finish it, we'll complete it, we'll perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So just because we get in trouble, just because we mess around or just because we get off the God wagon, as so many people do, doesn't mean he changes. The gifts and callings of God are without change, without repentance. So he's the same. So if you're called to be a prophet and you don't get born again, whoops. I don't know how it works, but whoops. You should have got born again and became a prophet. Hallelujah. Uh, but that works for all of us. So the word says that his acts are seen, but his ways were known. Moses knew his ways. He, he could talk to God and he understood when the Lord said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. One time Moses intervened. He said, Lord, I, I, know, I know the children have done bad things, but Lord, let me, let me, let's bargain a while. Let's, let's work this over. Abraham one time. God said, I'm fixing to drop some, some nuclear stuff on Sodom. And Abraham said, Lord, if we, if we could find 50, if we could find 40, if we could find 30 righteous men, would you change your mind? And he said, I will. Because it, but he didn't change his righteousness. He, he upped his mercy, but it was always mercy. 
he, he, it was mercy to destroy Sodom because those people were going to plague the earth. So when he told, the, when he told uh, Joshua, go in there and smite everybody, take everybody out, kill everybody, it's because they were going to plague the earth and they wouldn't unplague it by themselves. So he had to take it out. Uh, yeah, Psalm 103, it says uh, he has made his known his way to Moses but his acts unto the children of Israel. So we can depend on God. So he can change us without being changed. He doesn't have to change his rules. He doesn't have to change his laws, his principles, his precepts. He said, this is, I'm after you. I'm after to bless you. I'm after to increase you. I'm after to promote you. I want you to represent me. And I'm good. I want you to be good. And so we do the best we can, sometimes not as well as we could. But he wrote his ways down. And then he recorded the testimony of his acts. But he wrote his ways down. And so we ought to study the word, should we? We should meditate it. We should eat it. And it'd be sweet like a honeycomb into our mouth. But when we get away from the precepts of the Lord, we discover that we as people... We may want to stay the same, but nothing stays the same because the Lord is already there. He's already tapped out. He's mature. He's, he's, he's got to the end of himself, but we have not. We start out as babies and drinking milk, and then we, we hopefully progress and grow up and quit eating that and drinking that and start eating strong meat and becoming mature. So we change. And what we couldn't handle in the early days just wiped us out. Now we can handle it. Devil used to run shot over, rough, rough shot over us, and now it's like, he's under my feet. I didn't know that. I let him do it, but now I know he's no big deal. We don't run for the hills. We don't cry under the bed when the devil brings something. We just get out and just knock him back down, and it's the way it is. So nothing is as constant or dependable as without, or without interruption as change. Change is a constant. It's a constant. But embracing the truth that God is never changing makes us able to come under his covering and under his power and his authority that we have protection. We know the rules of the race. We know the rules of the fight. We know the rules of life. And so we can grow and not be condemned when we're little. He said, I won't allow any temptation to come on you at whatever stage of life you're in. I'll deliver you to a safe place. You should have probably done it. You should have probably been able to handle it. But if you can't, you don't. We'll just let you start over and reload and go around the mountain again. I've been around the mountain because I didn't get it right the first time. We all have. We, we, we might, you might say you didn't, but... So sometimes we're disappointed by change because we want the, lot, the little white picket fence that we put up in front of the, uh, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. We, like, we're settled in, Lord. And he said, ah, we're, we're fixing to go to the next hill. He, and so you had to either stay or pull up your picket fence. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. I'm just, I, I know you know this, that, that hardly anything, 
You know, when we, when we listen to Curry or listen to Andrew Womack or whoever you're listening to, uh, you know, it's not like you never heard that before. There may be nuances and details and, and particulars that you go, that's interesting. But as much as they are interesting to us, very few of them affect our life to make us change. It may ground us. It may make us stronger. It may make us more confident. We may have more knowledge about how to speak to the mountain or, or how to resist the devil. But it takes quite a revelation to transform your life. And especially as we endeavor listening to media and, li and coming to church and reading our word and praying stuff out, we're constantly immersing our mind. We're renewing it. Are y'all there? We're renewing our mind. So it doesn't always come as an aha. Like, wow, I never saw that. Because we're always on the edge of something new. And it doesn't surprise us. That's a mature church. We, we, we can't, I mean, I, we're not boasting here. But we've been there so we can know we couldn't have said some of the things that we regularly say back in the day. Because we were all younger and more inexperienced and not as mature. So, but yet we're, we're still, as, as, as tough as we may think, we are so yet on the cusp of so much more. The more you know, the more you know you don't know. And, but it makes you want to know. It makes you want to, Lord, I want to be strengthened by your might and my inner man. So we can go do it. So I won't fall down. I won't get knocked down. Not one more time. And, and if I do get knocked down, I'll recover faster. I won't whine and cry and carry on and say, why, why doesn't God love me and all that? We, we've got past that. Praise God. But we got to do something with it, don't we? We got to go out and make it work. or Otherwise, it's just the word says knowledge puffeth up. And so we want to... We wanna, to him, to whom, him whom much is given, you, you got to show up. You got to, as much is required. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, look in verse 18, talking about how things change, how nothing, everything has an expiration date on it. He says, uh, verse 18, while we look not at the things. So the while there was talking about our light affliction in verse 17. Our light affliction worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory and then he says, so in that context, we look not at the things which are seen. That's how we win at the light affliction. It's because we're not looking at things that are seen. Things that are seen, are we're just passing through them. We, we're going to them to go through them, and they're no big deal. Everything, no matter how terrible it may seem at any particular part of our life or looking at any event in our past, a divorce, a death, a betrayal, a disappointment that's beyond words. We got past it. It wiped us out that day and maybe two more. But then we just said, ah, enough of that. Because while we look at the things which are seen, we, we look at the thing while we look not, excuse me, we look not at the things which are seen. So it just the, the word there look is to take aim but at the things which are not seen. 
And here it is. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are seen. So everything's changing. If you can see it, it's got, it's, you better look. Like some little towns you go through, you better not blink because it'll, it'll be over. I looked that word up and the Amplified says the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting. I like that. That means something better's coming behind it or if it's, not, if it's something bad, it's fixing to go, we're fixing to go through that. But see, if you don't know that, if you're a, if you're a milk drinker, if you're, a, if you're immature, if you're a mere man, oh, the sky's falling and your life just falls apart. And what are we going to do? And this is forever. And I don't see how it could, how it could change. Well, that's because the sun hadn't come up yet. But by the end of the next day, you'll see how it could change. It may even get worse for a day or six. But, and see, that's, that's the part of, of uh, growing up is that we don't take things that are seeing whatever they're doing, good or bad, victorious or maybe feels like we got defeated. It's like, that's no big deal. The, uh, the contemporary says things that are seen don't last forever. Could we say amen to that? Praise God. Good and bad. Because there's a better victory around the corner. Whatever testimony you gave this last week, God's got one better than that coming on the horizon. The basic English, the Bible basic English says the things which are seen are but for a time. Yay. The living Bible, never know what it's going to say. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. The troubles will soon be over. Yay. Well, why would God allow this? And why doesn't he love me? And if he really, if he was a God of love, why did he let this, ha let this happen? Well, there's a lot of reasons, and some of them is we wouldn't change. He warned us and said, take action, dominate this. This thing's coming over the hill, and, and I'm telling you about it. And we just sit there and say, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what will be will be. And so that's their trouble. The English Standard says, for the things that are seen are transient. That's true. Anything that's seen, your good job, your good home, your good whatever, is in the process of evolving, if you can use that as a Bible word. They're changing, and, and if you're in faith, they're upgrading. They're upgrading. We're in upgrade mode. We don't want to be where we were 12 years ago, do you? We don't. Because when you're in faith, change always means promotion, increase, more. If you're in faith, we're calling things that be not with our faith. So... What are we calling that be not? Increase and promotion and more. We're, we're speaking to change all the time. I'm glad to be here. It, was, it's, it delivered me out of a lower and a lesser place. But this, this day will not exist or this day cannot stand to go to the next day. Where I'm going, the victory I got to get here, praise God, can't take me to the next place. I have to increase because change is coming. The message translation, that's another one you got to watch out for. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> so we go back to that. He said, but the things which are seen are temporal. Temporal. So if they load strawberries in the Imperial Valley in California and they're heading to Publix in Lakeland, Florida, uh, they got to put the giddy up on it, don't they? Because if they do a mess around and stop, stop in and see Aunt Susie in San Antonio, 
and she said, come to our barbecue tomorrow, and we said, okay. We might show up with some strawberries in Lakeland that are not fit to put on the shelf. There's change. There's a, there's a, a date stamp. There's a, everything's got a deadline on it. And so we have to stay on it because change is everywhere. If you don't stay prepared, change will overrun you, and it'll take you out. Surprise is only for the goodness of God. We don't want to be surprised by the devil or the curse that's in the world or the repercussions of sin or the work of the flesh. So we move that. Life is seen as temporary, and we're only satisfied if we can direct that life. Because life is temporary, faith has to direct that life. Because que sera, sera. Y'all know what that means? That's Spanish for what will be, will be. It's such a lie. What will be, will be if you don't change it or until you change it. It will. It will digress. Dr. Cole says things left to themselves just naturally go to the devil. They get negative. They, they, nothing gets better on its own. So we have to always be interjecting our faith and speaking to it to take us from this good place that he delivered us to to go to the next place. And when we get there, we'll settle in, we'll, we'll, we'll dominate that area, and then he'll take us up to a better and a higher level. Because as he is, so are we. So we got to grow up. We got we to put aside things that were negative and hurtful and, and uh, well, negative and hurtful. We just got to get past it and say, well, that, that was a bad day. Yeah, it was. But there's a good day on the other side. If you know that it's going to be changed. So if change is coming, you and I have the power, the authority to determine what that change looks like, whether it's going up or down. And if you take a rest, if you take a Sabbath, if you take a, a month off or a year off and say, I'm just going to coast in my good life. It's the best it's ever been. Whew, that's a lot of time to go down, to go the other way, and you have to recover it. So uh, we said last week, change comes in three forms. Whatever happens to those around us. So we watched the, the tornadoes that came through Mississippi and other towns. And we looked on there and went, wow, it wiped their lives out. It devastated the whole city, the whole town, the whole area. But we got up and poured ourselves a box of Post Toasties and poured some vitamin D milk over it and went out the door. Didn't change us. So there's change that happens around us. Then there's change that happened to us. And I've, I'm certainly guilty of this. I, I remember I went through some uh, things that were pretty devastating for me a few years ago. And I remember thinking, why is everybody just laughing and going on with their life when this terrible thing that's happened to me is still on me? And everybody's like, yeah, we moved on, which is what I always did. It's not like I was some sort of saint. And thirdly, there's the things that change that we make happen. And that's what we want to be aware of is because uh, there's a big religious mantra out there that says, if God wants to heal me or bless me, he knows where I am. He knows where I am. So change is not required. If he wants to heal me, he knows where I am. That, that's not how it works. We change 
We relocate. We whatever. So, so if God wants to bless you, but he's been telling you to go to a, a church in another city, it's the difference between life and death. And you go, I'm not driving it. I'm not going over there. I'm not doing it. I don't even like the song leader or whatever. Well, then just perish. You go, well, why'd God let this happen? Because he had a plan and we had to change. I said, we have to change. And sometimes when we're in a hole, we say, yeah, I, I want to change. But the, the biggest enemy of best, excuse me, of, uh, of good is, uh, of better is good. Did I say that right? The enemy of best is better. That's it right there. So we, we sometimes settle. We like, this is good. Don't rock the boat. You know, if you mess with this, it could go the other way. Who thinks that way? Someone that believes that change is not always good. We just can't tolerate that. You cannot abide that. You cannot habitate that in your, in your mind that everything that you have coming is better. So we welcome change. 75% of all personality types, which is phlegmatic, according to that model, they don't like change. They don't like change. Good enough is good enough. And to change them, to change them, to change churches is quite the job. So you go, well, what kind of dynamite do we need, Lord, to bust them out? But once they come, once they get with you and they say, I'll never change again. So, you know. There's both sides of that. Um, so change always presents itself with a life-altering response. We can respond to change any way we want to. And that makes it go backwards, stay the same. If we want to ignore it or we want to criticize it, if we want to criticize change, we, we'll find the elements, we'll find the people, we'll find the company, we'll find the government, we'll find the senator, we'll find the mayor, we'll find somebody to say, this change is unacceptable. And we'll involve ourselves and get all lathered up and all that when it's just change. We don't like how they did it, but what difference does it make? What difference does it make to me? Because they're living their life according to their faith. I don't have to submit to what they say is the future. I make my own life. So there's no tornadoes going to come on my house. Even though, even though, even though you can document it, you can say, and the weather trends are going to more for the south and all the stuff. And the, and the Antarctica is melting. Uh, you know, it's all the things that are naysayers. You could go, what do, we need to think about this. No, we don't. We need to know that change is there. The Antarctic is going to melt a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter. Because if you're living where you're supposed to be living and hearing what you're supposed to be hearing, change will always be an upgrade. And it'll always be good. Uh, uh, a life of faith. That's what I was going to say. A life of faith steers and initiates the change we want. So we're not waiting on change. We're not saying when it comes, I'll steer it. I'll grab it by the horns and I'll, I'll make it go. No, we, we're proactive. We, we get out in front of it and we change two things. We change our own 
seed bed for seed to come and be planted in us so that we become good ground. But we also steer it for other people. We prayed tonight. We prayed for all of our kinfolks that aren't even eat, not even serving God or anything. We prayed Psalm 91 over them. You go, well, what? We sanctified them by our faith. You're like, can you do that? We did. Because I don't want my, my brother or sister, I don't want to go through the grief of having them wiped out or whatever. And so I just, I did it for me, if nothing else. I mean, not for me, but I mean, I, I, yeah. So let's just talk about this for a few minutes. We've got just a few minutes more. Life is lived in seasons. 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 We are all aware of seasons and seasons on the earth. They're not everywhere. Like in Liberia, they don't have seasons. They have the rainy season and the dry season. But the temperature on the equator is pretty much toasty all the time. But seasons are an expression in the word and in our lives about change. And we talked about last week that you don't wear your parka to the swimming pool in the summer and you don't, you know, you don't, you put on more than a bathing suit in the winter and you stay away, except for those crazy people up in, where are they, in Michigan or somewhere that, the polar bear club that <laughs> they jump in the in the water that's got ice in it or that's you know and they jump in there and say ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> they need to get out more don't they hallelujah but the point is the point I'm endeavoring to make is that change is a part of our life and we should not be shocked about it we can manage change because it is a part of our life and we manage our life by faith. And it's like, well, surprise, 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 like whoever it was on, on Andy Griffith would say. Well, you know, we're, we're not supposed to have surprises. Gomer? Oh, Gomer Powell. Well, yay. Uh, so when change presents itself, there's two ways to look at it. You could say, oh, no, what are we going to do? Or got a letter from the IRS and like, praise God, a, a, an extra check. They found money for me. Yeah, I mean, there's a, the cup is half empty or half full, however they say that. Uh, but change is, is absolutely here. Your finances are in flux all the time. And so we give, we give all the time because we understand change. We understand that what was is not what has to be. So we, we change it. We intersect it. We, we, make a, we make a transaction out of it. I, I'm satisfied. I'm blessed. This is better than it's ever been. But I've been called to more. Been called to be a paymaster. Been called to, to, to help others or, or whatever that is. Uh, but in the church, we talked about last week about Issachar that the tribe of Issachar were a tribe that for some reason knew the seasons, the times that they were in. Well, the Lord told us this year that we would know what to do in 2023. We, why would he say that? Well, I've analyzed it. I'm sure you have. It's because something's going to happen and we'll know what to do when the change comes, when it presents itself, 
will already be up and running. And then you personally, me personally, when change comes, I'll know what to do. Do you all know people that win the lotto don't know what to do? And all the kin folks and all the neighbors come out of the woodwork and they say, ah, you, you wouldn't miss $5,000 out of that million. But if the ant bed, <laughs> if everything comes out of the ant bed, then eventually you don't have anything. They don't know what to do. And we know what to do with increase. We know what to do with the anointing. Just like tonight, we were spontaneous. It, it surprised nobody that we had land, hands laid on us and that we were changed. And yet it wasn't announced. There wasn't any bulletin. There wasn't any. It's just it happened. Well, you got to be there for the change. Everybody that wasn't here missed that. Amen. So I wrote down, if the rate of change in the kingdom becomes greater than in the church, the rate of change in the kingdom becomes, uh, is greater than in the church, then the end is near. You, you have to stay up with the kingdom. We are, we are a church, but we are not the kingdom. We are in the kingdom. But the kingdom is all of us, the body of Christ. It's everybody. And so there's so many pastors and so many churches that won't share, that won't go together with another church, or they won't. They're very, very possessive. They don't want their men coming to a men's meeting. That's that they're not in charge of, or they, they don't want, I don't know, I can't, you know what I mean. My take on that, just as an aside, I believe if I can help anybody, even a church that's in my city, if I can help them, if I, I, I'm going to go to some churches in this city after this advance and say, please, let's, let's get together Let's get you a men's meeting and here's how you do it. And here's what will happen. And they will get bigger than us. And it's like, yay. And but, I, you know, I have an understanding of there's an override on everything in heaven. So if you help somebody else, it'll help. The Lord will reward you. He's just fair. Whatever that is, I don't care. I'm not doing it for that. But I do know that my time is well spent sowing that kind of seed. So I'm, I'm endeavoring to promote everything that I have can get my hands on by revelation or experience to get it into other churches because the church is not the kingdom. And I want to advance the kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. He's the head of the church, but he's, he's Lord of the kingdom. And so that's what we do. We, we get people born again and they say, well, I want to go to the Methodist church. And we say, let me call him up and tell him you're coming. So we're not just trying to. Well, I think you all know what I mean. So. Uh, we have to synchronize with the kingdom. What is he saying? We're not jealous about Curry Blake being such a tremendous teacher and having a revelation that's beyond all of us, myself included. He's a specialist. He's, he should be. He should be helping the kingdom. He should be. He should be sowing into us. We should be sowing seed into him. Now don't, don't bring all your seed to River Church. 
because we're in the kingdom and and the Lord's supplying for us. So, I mean, you don't go hog wild and just say, well, I'm, I'm going to send it all there, but I'm going to come here. Well, and I want you to marry my daughter and I want you to bury my mama and I, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's just crazy. But we're not afraid of change. Change. And whatever happens in the kingdom, if we're attached to the kingdom, if we've given Jesus lordship over our church in the kingdom, then we'll be right there. We'll be right there every time. In other words, he'll come back and get us if we fall behind. So uh, Ecclesiastes, can you turn to Ecclesiastes? We're just, we're going to wind this thing up. Ecclesiastes, I think that's right after Proverbs. If it's in a different place of your Bible, just tell us that it's after Obadiah. Ecclesiastes 3, this talks about time and opportunity. And that's what we're talking about. I've laid some groundwork here to talk about change and seasons of opportunity. Now, remember what it says in Malachi 3.10? It said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, what's he going to prove? If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven. Well, that's, that is the tithe, but that's anything that we move towards the kingdom. Anything we do for the kingdom, he opens windows. It's not like, ah, that, that's that Syrian money. We're we not opening no gates for that. We, we, French francs, no, that, we can't do that. It's got to be U.S. American dollars. You all know that's not right. And so it's whatever we do of our lives. You can give 10% of your time. Your time. Your expertise. There's a lot of ways to tithe. But anyway, nevertheless, the point is, he said, I'll open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a benediction. That's the word blessing. Benediction is always a spoken word. A spoken word. So he'll give you the strategies. It might be that he would tell Barry one thing and, you know, and, and wouldn't tell Lynn that at all. But Lynn would get something else. And we go, well, what's up? Well, a benediction, a spoken word. And if you say, well, I'm not tithing, I'm going to I'm going to get it without it. Well, see how far you get without the spoken word from heaven. It's a little it's a little lean out there. We want to get in where they're they're mashing the grapes in the vat and it's up to here and where they're they're pulling in the wheat that's up to here and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I wrote down that timing activates the seasons of opportunity. So there's seasons, but you don't have to necessarily be activated in that season. You can miss that season. We're endeavoring, me and Deborah Ann are endeavoring just personally. We know that there's a little window between the middle of April and the middle of June that's less pollen and less humidity. And if you don't know that, you'll be out there wiping off everything from the yellow stuff if you go early or you'll be in humidity up to your earlobes. So we, we kind of like, let's shut this thing down. We'll go here and we'll do that. April 15th to June 15th is kind of a window. I'm, that's a real physical example, but I'm just saying. The same thing done in July is not near as fun. 
Y'all know about that in Alabama. Hallelujah. That it's not as fun in July to do what you can do the first week of May. So there's timing that activates the seasons of opportunity. So if you tithe, you're a tither. You're a, you're a God lover. You're, you're, you're worshiping God with your, with your life because money represents you and I. We lay down our life in one way at work and we pick it up on payday another way. They don't say, oh, well, we'll come work in your yard for 40 hours because you did in ours. No, they'll give us the little green slips of paper and we can go to Publix and just have a blast. Can't we? Amen. Well, so uh, Ecclesiastes, I'm getting there. To everything, verse, chapter 3, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now, we're going to have to understand this because this kind of sounds like once saved always. I mean, excuse me, it kind of sounds like God's in control. If you look at it, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill. Uh, the word kill there is smite. And if you uh, smite with deadly intent, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up or to be established. So there's seasons and we all have to be in our season to optimize it. The way the word teaches it was there was four kinds of ground. And if you plant your seed, it's, it's good seed. And there's ground everywhere. But if you don't pick your season of when to plant it, don't plant it in winter unless it's wheat and and, and don't plant it on the hard ground, the stony ground or the thorny ground. Find the good ground. So the opportunity is maximized when you pick the ground. Uh, verse 2 says, a time to be born. The word born there, excuse me, the word time there is the word opportunity. Time is a real broad word, especially in the scriptures. It's broad. It, it can mean a gazillion things. But what this word means or is implied, that it's an opportunity. And then you put it with the windows of heaven. When do you need the windows of heaven in any particular area to pour out for you? Well, it's that season of life. You, you need it when you need it. And if it comes at the wrong time, it's like, I know, God, you wanted to bless me, but this, this isn't helping. This isn't what I needed. It's, and so he says here that there's a window of opportunity. So I wrote down, I, I transposed it, and it's uh, verse 2. Let me just read verse 2 to you. A time, an opportunity, and of a window of heaven to be born. So there's an opportunity to be born. We already know in our culture Pete, that babies can be stillborn or they can be aborted or they can be damaged by abuse or some kind of chemical or drug or alcohol or whatever. But and so their opportunity, their time is not optimized. But there was a time there was an opportunity for them to be born. Uh and a time, an opportunity of wind of heaven to die. 
So these people that jump off of cliffs for fun, I always think, scripturally, I think it's tempting Christ. If they could peek over into hell just for a nanosecond, they wouldn't be jumping off that big rock and that base tower. I mean, I can just, unless they're born again, and if they're born again, they shouldn't be doing it anyway. But that's, that's, a, that's something we'll never talk about again. Uh, an opportunity, a window of heaven to plant. So my experience was, is if you got blowed out, blown out, how we say it out there, if you got blown out on June 1st, the window is closing. June 1st, well, depending on who you are, June 10th is the last time you can plant cotton in West Texas and reasonably get a harvest because you need so many days of sunshine. And the first frost determines when those are up. So I had family that would say, ah. And it was true. Sometimes it was easier to plant cotton than it was to plant some gimpy crop like black-eyed peas or sunflowers. You couldn't make anything no matter how good it came, but it only took 90 days to produce it. So there was an opportunity to plant a window, as it were, from April 20th to June 1st. And if you missed that window, you didn't have a, a viable window. Let me go on here. Uh, an opportunity to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. An opportunity to kill. An opportunity to heal. The Lord opened up an opportunity tonight to be healed. But if you sat there and said, bless God, I, I don't want to and I don't like her and I don't like how she says it or I, whatever got you to sit instead of go, you missed your opportunity. Would that be right? I mean, we're just, we're just in real time here. An opportunity to break down and an opportunity to build up, an opportunity to weep and an opportunity to laugh. Do we miss some opportunities to laugh? I'd say we did. Way too serious, which means change has become permanent. Suddenly we're in a funk, we're in a thing that says this thing could last forever. And how am I going to get out of this? Oh, honey, it's, it's passing. It, this, thing, this, thing is, this thing is moving through. It's like the shutter of a camera. The camera doesn't open up like this and close. It has a narrow window and, and the speed that it goes across... So it's like this thing's fixing to be over. An opportunity to mourn and an opportunity to dance. So change is here to steer our faith. Get in faith and change will take you where you want to go because nothing stays the same. If you wait for it to change, it could be negative. Without faith, it just might be. You don't, you don't want to change. You didn't want to get up tonight and, and get under that power. You didn't want to uh, come tonight. You didn't want to, whatever people are doing that's, that's not the full benefit of their opportunity, you're sowing on that hard ground, that thorny ground, that stony ground. And you won't get, well, I wrote it down. Uh, uh, Matthew 13, but other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred fold, some sixty fold, some thirty. 
He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Oh, so there's a, there's a process of interfacing change. And you can be proactive and get in front of it. Get ahead of it. That's how businesses are born. People said, I think there's going to be a need for this. I think people would pay for this. I think people are going to need this. They don't right now. But you go into business and suddenly the boom hits, the crack opens. And there you are. You changed before there was change and you maximize the change. That's what we do. I like this scripture and I'm going to just read it to you. It's in Ephesians 5 in verse 15. It says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Circum means a circle around a, the, 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 the circum circumference. Thank you. Circumference. I got bogged down there. So it means see that you look all around. And then he says, not as fools, but as wise. Well, how do Paul, how, what does that mean? Not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil redeeming the time. So that means we're aware of change coming. We, we, we believe, don't y'all believe with us that change is coming to River Church? Yes. It, it's like, well, where are they? And what are, well, what, it doesn't matter. We're, we're doing everything that we know how to do for 300 people. You go, well, what's that? Well, <laughs> what else are we going to do? Well, we're going to take our shoes off when we come in the church and say, this is just family night. We're just going to all run around in our socks and, and I brought a potluck dinner and we're going to just, no, we're ready. We're ready for the president of the University of Alabama, whoever that is. We're ready for him. And when he left, when he left the service, we would never have to say, man, if I'd known he was coming, we'd have done it different. We never go there. We never have that. We, we start, we sing, we everything is if and not to say that he's special but just to say that everybody would think he was special, or anybody, you know what I mean, someone that's not us. We say, we're ready for you. Come on. Everything's clean. Everything's nice. Everything's in order. We start on time. We, we end on time. We're, we're in because we believe change. We're, on, we're not on the cusp of change. We're in change. And so that's, what we th that's how we think. So even though we're free and we're familiar and we're, we're at ease, that clock says five after eight. Doggone, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, let me just say this then. The amplified version of that redeem the time says buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. So here we are. We're making change, which is inevitable which cannot be taken out of the, the, the mix, we're making it work for us. We're in faith. Change is coming. We're ready for it. So we don't wait until we have a boo-boo to say, where's my healing scriptures? Where's my whatever? We're already on it, aren't we? We're already on it. We're not saying, I'll bring my money when I, when I run out. No, you won't. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Barry.